This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge at Wharton. Knowledge at Wharton here on Sirius XM 132 Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. Would you buy an ice cream or a shampoo that came in a reusable container? A coalition of big-name brands is heading in that direction, and this initiative could start as soon as the spring. The idea is that when you're done eating that tub of haagen or you've emptied out that bottle of Crest mouthwash, you would place these containers in a personal reuse bin in your home. It would then be picked up and taken to a cleaning and sterilization facility and then refilled with the product for you or potentially another customer. A company called Loop is working with a number of consumer product companies, including Nestle, PepsiCo, and Procter & Gamble. This zero-waste platform, as it's known, is set to launch its first pilot units this year with the potential of changing the consumer experience for good. Take a look at this move. We are joined here in studio by Wharton Marketing Professor Americus Reid and also by Eric Oritz, Professor of Legal Studies and Business Ethics here at the Wharton School. Gentlemen, great to see you both. It's great to be here. Good to see you, Dan. So uh, and this is obviously this is something new to me. And when I heard about it, I was like, oh, this is a, a really interesting concept to, to try and, and change kind of a lot of the dynamics of the consumer product industry. Americus, what was your reaction? I had a, a similar reaction, Dan, but I think it's pretty brilliant, actually, because I think as we study, quote, socially conscious, uh, environmentally friendly consumers, one of the big things that we learn about them is that oftentimes everyone will report that they want to do something. Uh, but when they're asked to do something that inconveniences them, yeah. then they don't want to do it. So this is kind of an interesting way to kind of make it really easy in some senses to be able to actually engage in that behavior that could, you know, self-signal to you that you are this type of environmentally, consciously aware person. Eric? Yeah, well, I uh, completely agree with that. Uh, one way to think about this is that uh, in the environmental area, and we had a we had a report that came out with the Initiative for Global Environmental Leadership that listeners could see uh, could get online. It's uh, by Knowledge at Wharton, and we co-sponsored that with Dow. But the title of that was the Circular Economy from Concept to Business Reality. So the concept of this of a circular economy, which is recycling, basically in a larger sense, where you don't have the waste stream. So you 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 design and then you you design products so that they're you they're manufactured then they're used, but then at the end it, the packaging there's no waste, uh, so it comes back. So the the classic example uh, of this is just the old fashioned milkman, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. The milkman would come to your house, have the milk bottles. It'd be glass bottles. Mm-hmm. You use the milk and then you would put the glass bottles back out. The Milkman picks up the old bottles and drops off the new ones. So uh, my own household, uh, we recently uh, witnessed a shift with Fresh Direct. So that's another – it's a grocery company where it was very convenient. But actually, frankly, since I'm an environmentalist type, I'm one of those (laughs) sustainability, you know, pro-green consumers, I would feel guilty – uh, because they would deliver them in boxes, and yeah. then the boxes would just get recycled, but kind of, you know, it's still waste, yeah. right? Whereas, so they switched, and then uh, they got smart about this, and they give you recyclable bags instead. So now when they come and deliver your groceries, they deliver them in the recyclable bags. Then when they come and have a new delivery, you just fold up these very convenient uh, reusable bags, and they take them back, and it goes back into the cycle. Uh, so uh, at this conference that we had on this, there are a lot of companies that are 
are looking at this. So one company does, uh, you know, platforms. You know, so you all, but if you think of all the different kind of packaging that we use in the in the world, if you you can serve, you can make it into a circular loop. Right. And the genius of this is it costs uh, less money, right? Because you don't have all this waste. So if you can get the consumers to buy in, and I think America's absolutely right, you got to get it to be easy. Uh, but it's uh, it's a really it's really good news, I think, from a environmental point of view, and and hopefully it will really catch on and, and build some scale. But the cost end of it is also something that all of these companies are looking at as well, because they know the cost of production of packaging. It, you know, it multiplies over the course of time, mm-hmm. and if you can come up with something that can be reusable, can be cleaned out and sterilized and used a second, third, fourth time, however many times that that they see that as possible, they're saving bottom line. Mm -hmm. And that's going to be beneficial not only to the people that are supporting those types of initiatives, but it's going to be supportive of their stockholders as well. Totally. I think it's a really interesting idea as well, Dan, because the beauty in it is this bundling idea, right? So it's because you can put together sort of your... If there are a conditional on that, there are enough brands participating. Uh, right. You know, if you can put together your portfolio of desired brands and you can scale this thing appropriately, it's going to have quite immense cost benefits on the back end. And the partnerships seemingly are, are, are starting to form. We mentioned some of the the companies that are involved in this, but UPS is involved mm-hmm. uh, from a delivery perspective. And I would think at some point, if you get far enough down the road, then you're talking about this being something that that grocery chains would want to mm-hmm. be involved with as well because they're going to be, I think, in part the vehicle in which people are going to be able to get those products back right. after they've used them. 100% correct. And I think that you know it, it's, it's like a snowball effect. The more and more that folks get involved, then the more it becomes kind of a thing. And even brands that are watching other brands do it yeah. will say, you know, I want to be able to be in, play in this game as well. So then where is the, where is the tipping point? to make sure that you get enough people involved. And, and I think you mentioned before, if it's convenient enough mm-hmm. for people. Yeah, I think it's the convenience piece is huge. Um, the availability of particular types of brands. So I'm guessing that there are perhaps brands that maybe are selling themselves as having part of what they're doing sure. you know, as being green, et cetera. So those brands would be normal stands. I have a list here of some of the brands that are involved here. Um, uh, Procter & Gamble, Nestle, PepsiCo, Unilever, Mars, Clorox, Coca-Cola. So brands we know of, you know, yeah. Brands that consumers are really uh, are popular with consumers. So I think this once you sort of see this sort of groundswell and all these, you know, it's kind of like Uber. Like, you know, who's the first person to get an Uber? You know, who's the first driver on Uber? It's like you got to kind of build the thing up, yeah. you know, kind of simultaneously and in parallel. Eric? Yeah. yeah, I totally agree. It's, a, it's about making it the standard. Mm-hmm. So you have leaders now who are, and, and as America said, these are really some big companies. I think it's impressive, especially to see UPS come in. And then it becomes a cool thing to do for your as you as you say the leading edge kind of green consumer sustainability types. But then the real key for me, the tipping point would be let's say you got Amazon they come on hmm. right because how many how many I mean I'm I'm a big consumer of Amazon I have to admit but if I look at my waste stream from that that's pretty bad because it's all this cardboard. You order something, you get a big box, and there's one little book in it, things like that, <laughs> yeah. right? right? But if Amazon came in, I would say that would be like a tipping point. It wouldn't really be that hard of a company with that scale. Uh, if you think about how much cardboard that really is, if they were able to move toward some sort of a circular loop like this, or you had a few other big ones, then I could imagine you know 
maybe 10, 20 years, you would basically – it would be weird not to, to have waste. Or you, you could even make it illegal. But you could <laughs> – it, it would be just right. strange to you, – yeah. it would be – you don't you – don't, uh, you don't do you don't it's just like you don't ride a horse to work anymore right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it just you you would have a you would have a change and i think that this could really be a significant gain for the world where and europe is actually pretty is ahead on this uh, you know it's not a, not not a, not a surprise and they have some regulations actually going into place that are trying to encourage circular economy you you raise the you raise the price on packaging for example is one yeah. way you provide incentive for this but um I think it's really exciting because uh, yeah, if you think of, just you know, for the for for uh, listeners, uh, think about one indication of the problem we have is just look out into the oceans and people are realizing all this plastic waste right. doesn't always necessarily get handled in the right way, and there's millions of ton, metric tons in the oceans that are. Yeah, oceans a pretty big place, but we're basically filling you know we're filling the oceans to some extent with our waste, and, and we got to turn that around. And that was something I saw in, in a couple of articles is basically the having the understanding that while the use of plastic is, is an issue, it's the single use that is really the bigger problem that we have out there, and not being able to create enough packaging where it can be used five, ten, fifty, whatever number amount of times so that you're not again throwing a lot of this stuff away well and the technology is really there so you know look at your you look at any package of plastic and you'll see for almost all of them the little recycling uh indication so it's it's really it's clear that this uh, this technology is available it's just a question of getting our systems synced with this and uh just to go back to the lead point america's made to make it easy for consumers, because it is true that a lot of consumers will say, I'm in favor of doing something about climate change or environmental stuff. But then if it's like, oh, yeah, but bring your own bag when you go to grocery, <laughs> yeah, it's right. like people forget, because <laughs> right. like, it's a hassle. There's a right. lot of people, other things worrying about. So right. I think the really the key thing here is that the companies themselves are making it easy for the consumers, just part of the deal, uh, and people got used to it, uh, and it saves money. It's kind of a no-brainer, so uh, it's really good news, Marcus. Yeah, I think I think that it's that it's also the interesting aspect that I think about is the social influence component too. I think it's uh, you know as thing to Eric's point, you know as this becomes like more and more kind of just this is the norm, it's the standard. I think consumers will sort of get on board just because it's like I kind of want to do this as well. Right. I think that the super uh, green consumers are going to get get the momentum going, and then it'll be other consumers on the periphery that just sort of get get on board with the train. Well, basically, and realistically, again, talk about the convenience, but there's also the economic component for the consumer as well. Yes, if the consumer can see a cost savings yeah. by using these products, then. And look, let's be honest, a lot of times the decision is is factored in by what comes in and out of our wallets on, mm-hmm. on a weekly basis. If you can get that, then you've kind of taken that next step as well. Yeah, I agree. I think that, uh, you know, getting consumers on board is going to be huge. The other thing that I think is also cool about this, Dan, is I don't know if you've taken a look at the actual packaging. Like, packaging is beautiful. Yeah. And, you know, so they're creating, yeah. you know, they're making it cool. They're making it look cool. They're making it very aesthetic. You know, I could sort of see, you know, carrying around some of these packages and like signaling to others, hey, you know, I'm part of this. I'm a green consumer. It's not always obvious that you can walk around and like show that to other people. So this is right. actually an opportunity to like, you know, publicly express this kind of thing to others. The, the, I guess then the other question where, where that is concerned, let's just say that it is a Pepsi or a Coke, whatever that bottle is, and you are out and about. You're also going to be bringing that back with you to to go into that 
particular container so that it can go back to the company at some point. True, but the hassle of doing that is probably, hopefully, I guess the theory would say the hassle of doing that will be less than the social utility you get yeah. from kind of demonstrating this to other people that might be influenced so by then, it. So then does it, to a, to a degree, become something that at least at the outset is an idea that works better for people in their own homes than necessarily out in the general public? Yeah, I think, well, I, th- I think America's, are, it's going to be a little bit of a scale up. Like people are going to have to start to do this and then start to recognize this. And and uh, it, it, it will probably take some time. But I'm just thinking of an example. I'm sitting here with a with a clean canteen reusable coffee cup, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm not paid to give them a you know, product placement. I think <laughs> right, I, like there the, you go. I like them. But um, you know, it's, it's really convenient, right? Even for environmentalists, like if you go to a, you know, if you go to a coffee shop like a Starbucks or whatever, and you don't you reuse, you don't really have a reuse. I mean, I think even Starbucks gives you like ten cents off. Okay, that's not really going to be an incentive for for most people to right. to get into that habit. But um, that's another example of how it can start to change. So I even notice among students. It's more and more common that people are bringing around reusable water bottles, and yeah. you have refill water bottles rather than selling it in a plastic. And, and, I, you, and, have, another, and you have another the stations here at Penn at, at Wharton. You have the water stations yeah. where the students can actually walk up and, right. and yeah, fill so their bottle. Yeah, so that's another up. thing: is the design mm-hmm. you're designing this to make it easy for mm-hmm. people to uh, to behave in this way. And that, another encouraging sign is that, as we mentioned at the top. Uh, big companies like Coca-Cola and PepsiCo coming in are potentially really big, uh, big names too. So if you if you if you re- if this the, the 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 devil will be in the details, right? Because it really has to be that this is going to scale up and that you're not just having a signaling of mm-hmm. the companies to say, hey, here's something we're doing around the edges. It it will only really matter if you get uh, if you have a sea change, so to speak, mm-hmm. and and everybody starts to move in this direction and starts to see it. And that's why I would say you start to look at some of the biggest uh, players in the market like Amazon. And if you can get those guys to come in, then I think uh, you're going to have the tipping point, as you asked about earlier, and and, and, and really will catch on and will change the world. Americas? Yeah, I think that uh, the momentum piece is huge here. I'm reading as well and sort of understanding what's going on. It looks as Though Procter and Gamble is actually a partner with Loop, yeah. so they pulled in. You know, if you can get these name brands, you know, right. that's kind of the big thing. It's like, you know, I'm familiar with these brands. I am already positively predisposed to them. So well, if I can activate, you know, this green thing inside of me, then it's fantastic. It's unique because I think you're talking about, you know, obviously trying to sell consumer products, but at the same time, you're trying to be, you know, aware of the environmental issues that are out there. Uh, but there's also a little bit of uh, of a a touch on the medical here because obviously these products are going to have to become uh, brought back in, cleaned, sterilized, and then repackaged for the next thing. The last thing, obviously, that that's part of the process. You have to have that significant part of the process in order to be able to have these be reusable down the line. Yeah, I think that's absolutely correct. I mean, it's part of this is like the ROI of this, right? So yeah. this is potentially going to cost more. Where is that cost going to be allocated? You might have to ask consumers to pay a little bit more. But if it's like one of these things where I can get 12 of my best brands that I'm always getting anyway, as part of this, I might be willing to pay just a little bit marginally on each of these different products because yeah. of the convenience factors that Eric is saying. you got to make it. Su- I mean, Jeff Bezos has taught us, like, this got to be really easy, like completely yeah. frictionless. Otherwise, you know, it's not going to work. And with some of these companies already, they already have 12. 20 brands to begin with so you're already you know, just having one company like PepsiCo it's not just Pepsi but it's all the snacks yep. that, that that they are involved in and other uh, ventures as well 
Yeah, and if you look at the scale, it is it's going to be a significant cost. So let's just think uh, about Coke and. Uh, it, it's a, it, I think if you just think about the experience of, I don't know if other people share this, uh, of drinking out of a glass bottle is kind of nicer to me, at least, than a plastic bottle sure. you just yeah. throw away. And then if you'd have the added feeling of, of recycling it and leaving it out, making it easy, then I think you would increase that. But look at the scale of that, right? So the scale of the cost, of the cost to Coca-Cola to really significantly change over mm. to a loop kind of style of a circular economy model, that's a lot of transaction costs to make the change. So you do have to have like clear signal that the consumers want this, that you can make it um, aesthetically appealing, that it um, is not going to cost that much long term. Maybe you can have some long term savings, basically, that you can you can see in this. And only that way will you have the really big players that already have sunk costs in the current way we're doing it, the wasteful way that we're doing it, switching, deciding to switch over and having enough pressure on them to, to switch over. Mm-hmm. So it's, uh, you know, we, we, we have a, the, the germ of a great idea and it's starting to move, but it really, uh, you know, come back to the question you, you asked, which is, is this going to have the scale to reach a tipping point? where everyone is basically going to start doing this. So that's, that, the, that's the question. So then I, I guess as we sit here and this is starting to, to, to make its way out, the potential of maybe breaking a few eggs along the way is there. Yeah. But if you're breaking those eggs for the greater good, right. you're willing to do that. Yeah, anytime, there's, you're, anytime you're transitioning into a new model of how to do something, I think consumers are much more forgiving and you know, willing to understand that there may be some some rough points along the way. I think what's really going to be huge here from the companies' perspectives that are out there is that you probably don't want to be the last one jumping on this train, right? Mm-hmm. So right. there is going to be, um, to Eric's point, this this tipping point. I think is going to be really important to try to pay attention. But to. But the UPS component, I find also again is interesting because of the fact that you're partnering with a company that's already out there. Mm-hmm. Their drivers are going to be out there dropping off, picking up packages right. just in the course of their normal day. And if you have, again, the right system where it, it doesn't take you too far out of your normal loop as a, as a driver to be able to pick these packages up, then, then you've, you've solved one of those convenience problems. Yeah, and so that and that's a huge cost savings. So you look at these, uh, you look at the boxes, and those boxes co- are. It's more expensive to create all these boxes and throw them out than it would be to shift to some sort of a uh, different, a reusable packaging platform. We'd have a little bit of a shift, but I, I agree with uh, the, the 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 thought that UPS is a pretty big player in this. So if you could get UPS, FedEx, those guys to start to partner with the Amazons of the world and others whose packages they're delivering, or maybe the U.S. Post Office uh, uh, too, then you're starting to get uh, a scale. Well, don't you almost have to have, and maybe not right now, but at some point down the line, if you do get enough buy-in on this, you have to have all of those uh, those companies in there. It's not like UPS could be the one company to, enti- to take yeah. this entire project yeah, on, and on it, themselves. It could be a risk. Like They might lose money on this, right? Maybe it doesn't catch on, and then they hate, take a hit. So I think the companies that are stepping out here are, are taking a risk that this is going to be worthwhile going forward, but uh, we'll see. I mean, that, that would be that's why it's key to look at some of these other competitive 
players and if people don't buy in or it's too much of a hassle and they still want to just waste all the boxes <laughs> then uh, you know it's gonna it's gonna be uh, if it's too inconvenient for them to go uh, with that model because right now it's you know there's some cost savings the UPS guy right now just comes and drops your stuff off right, right? right. there's no requirement for you to leave out there the uh, the packaging that you just used so there is a little bit of a burden that is on the consumer that they have to see that this is worthwhile and people get into a new habit. But if you think about recycling, a lot of people are basically in the habit of recycling now. Yeah, right. And this isn't that much different of a, of a little bit of a shift uh, in the habit. And I think uh, I think it's really feasible. So then does the co- how, how important in terms of this entire process is the delivery part of it? It's huge. I think the delivery part of it is where it's going to make or break, right? Because to your point, that what you were describing earlier, Dan, and also uh, piggybacking on what um, Eric was saying, you know, if this is frictionless, then it's, I mean, it, that's the way it's going to work. I think in people's minds, they want to be able to just do it very easily and execute on it. And if you don't have that logistical piece, then it's just not going to work. It's kind of the way Amazon's been doing it, right? Yeah, totally, totally. We're joined here in studio by America Street and Eric Ortz of the Wharton School. Your comments are welcome at 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. Or if you'd like, send us a comment via Twitter, either at BizRadio132 or my Twitter account, which is at DanLoney21. Now, you were saying before we went on, America, that I guess New York is one of the spots that they are going to start out with, mm-hmm. maybe in Pennsylvania as mm-hmm. well. I guess if you're going to start something out, start out in a big neighborhood yeah. and see how you, how well this works. Yeah, and I think, uh, I guess the company's based in Trenton, New Jersey, but I, I would assume that they have cited data that upwards of 25% of consumers have report that they are interested in this kind of thing in terms of buying products that do this. So that's I'm, I'm sure they have found that this is a more concentrated market in these northeast sort of markets that they're thinking about as well. So I, I think that's the smart thing to start looking at that as a place to build the momentum. And I think a huge part of this is going to rely on the word of mouthpiece too. So like just us talking about this, I think you know puts it out there that hey. And then if you know Eric is you know super green consumer, he may say to me, hey, America, I'm trying it out. You know, I'm checking out. I beta test. It's awesome. Then I'm going to yeah. do it. You know, so it's like trying to get that conversation going to sort of spark things. I think will help momentum. So then. Where ends up the, being the, the the profitability for Loop itself? Is it through subscriptions, you know, getting people to sign up for yep. the service? Where is it? Yeah, think? I think that's the model. I think you sign up as a, as a subscription sort of model, and then you become a revenue stream. And then there probably some additional adjustments or modifications that be, can be made as you – I guess as you scale up your own particular unique customized portfolio, that's the other huge point about this, Dan, is that you're able to pick the brands that you really love. So imagine yeah. the, the consumer experience now. Here comes this box. Loop is on the name. The name is on this, not box, but the, the name is on this package. You open it up and all these beautiful favorite brands of yours are there and you're doing something good for the environment. And yeah. it's going to have this really impactful kind of customer-consumer experience sort of tagged onto it as well. Eric? Yeah, well, you have a service component, so they're they're uh, they're also supplying a service to the company, so they're taking the waste out, mm-hmm. right? So we have um, there are some uh, uh, companies that are are sponsors of of IJO, our initiative for global environmental leadership that uh, that are that are in this business as well. Uh, and the basic idea is that you are providing instead of the kind of taking away the waste or uh, supplying the cardboard, you're supplying the uh, reusable packaging. So just to take Fresh Direct, for example, instead of they're bu- not buying cardboard anymore, they're bu- buying a, 
uh, a reusable bag from someone, and then they're paying a fee to somebody to try to figure out what the logistics are to make this as easy as possible. Yeah. Right. So there's a there's kind of a specialized area for them, and uh, for a company like Loop, and I haven't examined them in detail, but. They're basically saying, okay, this is something we can take to this company, this company, and then scale it up. So as more and more companies will come in, if they can make the sale, for example, if Amazon says, oh, well, maybe we could do this, come in and give us some advice, that's a pretty big client right there. And they'll, you know, the cardboard companies will lose uh, as they get phased out, and then the uh, loop or other companies that are also taking on this kind of um, uh, this kind of uh, role are going to make money. Great. So that there is a there's a there's a market play there for companies to get into this and uh, and and help companies make the transformation. Great having you both here. It's Thanks an interesting lot, idea. I look forward to seeing how this plays out in the in the months to come. Appreciate that. Thanks very much. Thank Thanks. you. For more insight from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu.